You're listening to the All The Things Podcast, and I'm your host, Sophia Merlo. Each week, you can expect tips and tricks from beauty to business experts or from myself as I navigate life as a young woman in her 20s. Every episode is chocked full of value, tangible advice, while still sprinkling in relatable stories and keeping things real with my guests and you listening. Be sure to subscribe and tune in every Thursday so you don't miss an episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Other Things Podcast. If this is your very first episode, welcome to the club and thank you for joining. We're truly so glad you're here. My name is Sophia Merlo, and you can think of me as your new internet best friend who is always down to talk about health, wellness, entrepreneurship, and of course, navigating life as a young adult because let me tell you, it is not easy. If you're wanting to know how to romanticize your life and add more joy, learn celebrity hair secrets for maintaining healthy, shiny hair, tangible ways to better balance your nutrition and optimize your health and blood sugar, or how to build a business from the ground up to having a client list that includes the one and only Sophia Ritchie, then stick around because those are all real episodes that you'll have to scroll back and check out. Now, before we dive into today's episode, a couple housekeeping things. If you haven't done so already, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Also, I would truly love you if you left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. For more content, tips, and laughs, make sure you're caught up with us on all of the socials, and that is at all the things that pod on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. Our website is at all the things or send us an email if you want to get in touch, and that is at all the things at gmail.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Well, hello everyone. As you can tell from this week's title, it's going to be a super fun, goofy episode. Not quite, but I don't want this episode to be scary at all. In fact, that was the whole point of why I am making an episode about therapy, my therapy journey so far, and by no means am I a professional. Clearly, I am seeking out professional help, but I want to open up the conversation with all of you. I feel like there is still a stigma surrounding therapy that you should only be going if things are going wrong, you've hit your rock bottom, and that is simply not the case. A couple things before we really dive deep into this episode. One, I want to acknowledge how privileged I am that I am able to go to therapy. It's something within my health package that allows me to do so. It's something that I also prioritize in my budget because for me, it is a need, and I understand that not every single person is able to do that. If you are, I highly suggest, even if you think things are going just fine, you're totally content, it's like bringing your car in. You don't want to wait for a complete rehaul of every single item in your car before you take it into the shop. You want to maintain it. You want it to last a very long time. You want it to be running smoothly. So we want to do the same thing with our physical and our mental health. But still, for some reason, when it comes to our mental health, we get a little bit scared. It's intimidating. We're worried what people might think. But here's the sign that you've been looking for if you've been scared of therapy or if you just want someone to talk about it with. I am here. This episode is for you. Now, second part before we really dive in, I mentioned it, but I cannot stress that I am by no means in any sense any kind of professional when it comes to mental health, okay? 
I am your bestie. I am a friend. I'm here to chat. I'm here to collaborate. I'm here to share my story. And that's pretty much it. I hope it does help you. I hope it brings you value. And I would love to hear what tip or what part of my journey you connected with most. Please leave a comment on our most recent post and we can start a conversation. But I am by no means giving professional advice, okay? So glad we got that sorted out. I think the best plan of action before I dive into the things I've learned, and I've learned others, but these are my top five things I've learned in therapy, is to give a little bit of background about myself and why I started even going. So if you know, maybe you don't. This year, I turned 25. I know it's still so young. I'm going to go back in years, listen to this and think, oh my God, what a baby. She's so cute. She's so young and fun. Oh my God. Right now, I am a little bit stressy, depressy. (laughs) And I don't know why, but that number for me, I just have a real mental block with it. So I've been making my goal for 24 and 25 to just get to know myself the best I can learn how I learn, what makes me feel good, how I see the world, what's blocking me, all those types of things. And therapy was definitely within that plan to help me learn about myself. Another thing about me, I've had anxiety for a very long time. I think we all do in some capacity. I've always been the type of kid and person to just worry about things. And then I go back a couple years later, like, why was I so stressed about that? Like, silly me. But in the moment, it's really hard to not feel that way or get stressed out and feel anxious about things. And I wanted to learn why I'm wired like that. Are there things that I can do to help me? I don't want to just accept that this is how I perceive the world forever. And there must be some reasoning as to why I have these feelings. I really do think everyone, at least to some degree, has experienced anxiety or depression. Depression isn't something that I've ever felt I've had. There's probably been moments where I've had feelings of depression, but for me, it's definitely more anxiety and habits that I do when I'm in that mindset that I wanted to shake out. So that is what led me to therapy. Now, even that is a journey in itself, finding a therapist that connects with you. So here are some of my tips for finding a therapist is number one, If you are on any type of benefits plan, making sure that they are registered within your benefits so that if you're budgeting out maybe $20 a session on top of your benefits, sometimes it's fully covered, that you're going down the right path of credentials. So you're not surprised with a $150 or $200 bill at the end of the session that isn't covered. So that's step one to even start looking. Next up, start thinking of some topics that you want to bring up. For me, anxiety was definitely at the forefront of these discussions, coming of age, almost like a life coach, someone that I could connect with, some sort of mentoring within my own thoughts, if that kind of makes sense. That was really what I was after. But if you have any sort of trauma or different scenarios, different subjects that you feel you need support on. There is a professional for every kind of subject, whether it's childhood trauma, something in the workforce that has happened to you that you live with, something around your sexuality that you want to talk about. There are experts in every sort of field, so you're able to then select people who specialize in different fields and go from there. And then the next step, and this is what takes the longest I found, is doing those intro calls. I know it's admin. Sometimes admin can just be too much. We have a lot on the go, but it is important if they offer those 15 half an hour 
free consultation calls, take them. And here's another tip. You do not owe that person anything if you don't click after that consultation call. I think I had about three before I landed on my current therapist and I was like, she just gets me. She understands me. I feel like I can be open and honest with her. I felt at ease with her and I knew she was the right therapist and counselor for me. The first couple that I had that consultation call with, I didn't have that same feeling. And I was like, how am I supposed to open up to this complete stranger when I don't really want to be on this 15-minute call? Now my sessions go by so fast. Maybe that's also because I try and bring up Taylor Swift and her thoughts on pop culture in there. I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing that during my therapy call. This says something about me, too. I try to make my therapist laugh. I don't I don't know what that says about me, but it's it's something... I do. And my therapist doesn't make me feel bad about it. She keeps me on track and going and getting what we need out of each session. But that was another reason why I felt comfortable with her because I want to make her laugh. Like I feel like we're friends, even though she's she's just my therapist. She's not someone I know personally because I think that might be illegal, but she's wonderful. So those were my tips for even finding the therapist I have now and my reasoning for why I wanted to go on this journey. Now, I've been on this journey for almost six months, and I go a couple times a month. I think I will start to bring that down. I've had some real progress when it comes to my anxiety, and it is because of these five tools that I've learned so far over the last six months in therapy that I'm so excited to share with you, and I hope help you as well. Number one is establishing your 10% and being content with that. So, I am someone that has a lot on her plate. I like to keep busy. I am booked and busy, and that fulfills me. I have a lot of things I'm working on that really fulfill me. But at times, it can be too overwhelming and simply just too much. Like, I got to slow down. And I can feel a sense of being paralyzed when I have so much at times because it's like I don't even know where to start. And it just starts this spiral of anxiety and negative self-talk and feeling stuck and all these things. And it can just be too, too much. So something that we've established is the idea of setting your 10% and just aiming for that when things feel too overwhelming. So you're going to take everything off your plate, Everything on your to-do list, all those nice to-dos, everything that you're putting pressure on yourself to do, just take it off for a moment. I want you to establish what you really need to do, like bare, bare minimum 10%. Mine, I'll share with you, mine is doing my skincare routine, putting on a fresh set of clothes, and filling up my water bottle. If I do those things in the morning, I'm like, I got this, that was my goal for the day, that is my 10%. Everything else I do is above and beyond. I don't have to do everything else I have to do or I think I have to do in my brain. I have to hit that 10%. For someone else, maybe you're a mom, it can literally be taking a few deep breaths while you're peeing and your kids are in the other room if you have a moment to yourself. That can be your 10%. We're talking minimum here and actually aiming for that. The whole thing is not to be like, oh my God, I've only done this today. It's like, wow, I actually did my skincare routine today. That is a win. That's a win. Because sometimes even the things that bring us joy, like for me, it is my skincare. I love it. I could talk about skincare all day. I have multiple episodes on skin and skincare. But when I had those feelings of things being too much and overwhelmed, 
even something I love becomes a chore. And that's when I realized I need to take a step back and realize what my 10% for that day is. For me as well, for my 10%, I hit it on a personal level. So like I said, my water bottle, changing my clothes, and doing my skincare routine. I don't want you to make it like I have to respond to five emails for work, okay? That's not your 10%. We need to make you human again. So maybe your 10% is making your bed. Getting up and making yourself a cup of coffee. We're talking small things here, and that is the entire point of 10%. Even my therapist was not quizzing me, but being like, are you sure you can take something off? Like that is what I have is I think the max and that is just how I am wired as well. But it can be one simple thing that you do every day and that's what you reach for. That's your 10%. Everything else is a bonus. Give yourself some time to have that mental clarity. And sometimes you really do just need to slow down and reassess what's going on in order to jump back in and reach all your goals. Number two is getting more grounding techniques. So this is something that I really explored in my yoga training. We did a lot of different breath work and breath work is amazing, but we explored this even deeper in therapy. For me, I can know things mentally, like I know mentally or logically I should feel this way or that something's gonna be okay, but my body doesn't. My physical body cannot come out of that place of anxiety and stress. So if you're like that too and you need to calm down your body, your nervous system, grounding is amazing and it isn't difficult. Sometimes I think humans in general look for difficult and complicated solutions because the feelings we have are so complicated in themselves, so therefore the solution must be as well. But grounding, it's all about simplicity. So some of the things, of course, breath work is huge. Here's a breathing technique that has really helped me. You want to inhale for four seconds, hold that for three seconds, exhale for seven seconds. If that seems too long, the only thing I want you to think about is exhaling almost double the length that you inhaled for. You want that compression in your diaphragm. That's going to hit your nervous system to help calm you down and repeat that at least five times. You can do it anywhere, maybe not driving. You don't want to get too relaxed or too unfocused if you're on the road. But if you're in an office, if you're sitting down at your desk working and something came up that stressed you out, literally take 30 seconds, it's less than a bathroom break, and do breath work, focusing on elongating that exhale. Something else that has helped me is giving self-hugs. And it sounds so simple, but it really is grounding and calming. So you simply cross your arms over your body. I'm doing this right now as I'm speaking to you. And you give yourself a hug. And not logically, we know we're giving ourselves a hug, but our physical body has the similar response as if someone that we love was giving us a hug and calming us down. We feel that weight on our chest, we feel that release, and it does have a grounding effect. Another thing, and this is kind of the opposite, these are calming things, but for me and my anxiety, sometimes I get like boosts of energy and I just like, I I can't sit down, I need to move. I set a timer for three minutes, I put on a song, I do jumping jacks, I hold a plank, I dance it out, and I just take three minutes or less, and I just get rid of a bunch of energy. I just reset my brain. I get some dopamine flowing. I get my blood flowing, oxygen pumping. And then I go back to a task and I'm able to kind of shake out my brain a little bit. 
other things, if you have a bit more time going for a walk, even for 10, 15 minutes, getting outside, calling someone you love, these are all amazing ways to ground ourselves, come back down to reality, get outside of our head when things just don't make sense, when we're overwhelmed, or when our physical body won't listen to our brain and it is in that state of anxiety. Maybe we can practice this all together. So if you're not driving, you can always put me on pause too, but I want you to take one of these techniques, whether it's taking a deep breath in, holding for just a moment, and then taking a nice, long, full exhale, letting it go, giving yourself a self-hug, or maybe you're jumping around, bouncing, letting off some steam right now, but just take a hot sec and see if any of these things work for you in the moment, if you're experiencing these feelings right here, right now. With that, let's move on to number three, and that is separating yourself from your feelings. A phrase that my therapist has me saying is, I am not my anxiety. So we want to realize a trigger, the emotion, and the behavior, like the habit that we fall into when we're feeling these feelings. And in that moment, seeing if we can catch ourselves separating the emotion from us as people. So I'm just going to use anxiety as the example because that's what I'm most familiar with. But when I get these feelings, understanding and saying out loud, I am not my anxiety. This is something that's come to visit me. This is not who I am as a person. These are just thoughts I'm having because of this anxiety. Separating it out. Because you feel anxiety, it does not mean that all the horrible things that you think could happen or the scenarios in your head are going to happen or that the negative things that you might think about yourself are true. That is your anxiety. So something that I've been really trying to do is catch myself right there in the moment when I start feeling those feelings of anxiety. So maybe for yourself, whatever you're working on, you can identify triggers and then the first signs of that emotion appearing in your body. For me, it's shortness of breath, butterflies in a bad way in my stomach, and a real heaviness on my chest. Some other things are I start to lose focus. I start to go and doom scroll on my phone. I'll like go in the kitchen and see what's good and try and distract myself with something yummy. These are all different symptoms of feelings of anxiety starting to arrive. And now that I've identified those habits and those behaviors, I can take a hot sec, do some grounding, and then out loud say, I am not my anxiety. This is not me as a person. This is simply an emotion I'm feeling. That's okay. I can acknowledge it. I don't have to beat myself up that I'm feeling these ways. But separating out that emotion from who you are as a person. Number four, and I'm really trying to find the words because it makes sense in my brain. But like I said, I am not an expert at all. So I'm going to try and explain this in the best way possible. And that is the idea of parts work. So this is, I don't even know the correct term, not a theory, but an approach in cognitive therapy, I believe. I could be completely butchering that. But in counseling, in therapy, this is a technique that they use for a number of different things, and it's parts work. So think of yourself, this is me trying to explain it, think of yourself as a puzzle, and you have all these different pieces that make up you. They're different shapes, different sizes, but they all fit together, and then in the end, that's you as a person. One individual piece does not make the entire picture, but it does complete it. So that is the idea of parts work, is that we have all these different parts of us. We have a part of us who is really, really brave and strong. A part of us is 
fun and wants to be out with their friends and loves going out, things like that. Then there's other parts of us that can be frustrated easily or that have low confidence or that are anxious, whatever it is. I'm trying to pick things that maybe a lot of people can relate to, for an example. But all these different parts have a space within us. And it's important to acknowledge those parts and how we can interact with those parts of us and when we want them to come out and be shown to the world. And when we can say, hey, yep, I know you're here, but I actually don't need you right now. Hit the road. And when we want to make some parts of us bigger or come out more. So I really hope I'm explaining this clearly, but it's helped me because I've realized that both things can exist at once. So there can be, for myself, a part of me that loves being social, loves go, 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 being busy, like having fun. And then there's also part of me that just needs to rest and be quiet and not do anything. And when I'm busy and on the go, I have to be mindful that I can't burn myself out. And then when I'm in that period of rest, I have to remind myself, hey, you're actually, you're not a lazy person. You actually really need this to then do all the things that you love to do. Similar to separating yourself from your feelings, there's a part of me that feels anxious. And I can talk to that part of me and be like, why Why do you feel anxious today? Why do you feel these emotions? Yes, that's a part of me, but that's not who I am in my entirety. I hope I'm explaining this well. I'd love to have a conversation with people. Maybe this is where we can pick it up on socials and just say like, oh my God, yeah, I have this part of me. I I hope this is making sense, but it makes sense in my brain. So that's why I included it. It helps me. I hope it helps you. We all have different parts. Finally, part five, there are other things. May I could do like a whole part two to this episode, but these are the things that came to me so easy and I thought, not being a professional, I could explain just using my experience the most. But if you want a part two, please let me know. So this is putting your emotions on trial. What I love about this is it kind of encapsulates everything we've talked about, but it gets more to the root cause of why you're feeling such a way in that moment of time. So again, using anxiety as an example, she really is the star of this show today. But say you had those feelings come up, start questioning. Why am I feeling anxious? Maybe it's because I'm just, again, grasping at straws here, thinking of the most common example. Maybe you got an email from someone at work that's caused you to stress out. Okay, well, why are you stressed? What about that made you stress? Is it because you have to do something and you already have a lot on your plate? Is it because they asked for something that's not finished yet? Is it, I don't know, they use a certain type of tone that made you feel upset, whatever it is. Let's just use, they gave you something and you have a lot on your plate. Question that. Okay, so why why can you not go back and say, okay, got it, it's on my radar. I'm currently working on these other projects. We have to postpone that deadline. Or what can you take off of my working projects to add that on? Maybe, and that again, that can take a lot of courage to send that email out, depending on what the situation is, what the dynamic is like, all those type of things, but putting it on trial. So why do you feel anxious? Well, what can you do about it? What is the outcome going to be? And then another question is, is it true? So you go down worst case scenario. Oh my God, if I don't get this over to them right away, I'm going to get fired. Well, has that happened in any previous job where in that moment you didn't hand something in or get something done 
right away and you got fired because of it? Probably not. Okay, so that's your anxiety talking. That's not based on proof. That's not based on logic. Have you asked someone to give you an extension on a deadline or taken something off your plate to work on another project? What was their response? If they didn't come back to you yelling, kicking, and screaming, okay, that's an option. We're making up stories in our head here. That is, again, the anxiety talking. And you go through every step of what is the outcome? Why do I think like that? Has this happened before? Is this proof of it? Really putting that emotion on trial. You can do this with anything. You can do this with anger, with depression, with being upset, with anxiety. (laughs) Honestly, if you're, I'm all about being delusional this year, but if you're a little bit too delusional, you can do it to be like, hmm, is this too good to be true? Do I need to rein myself back in? But putting your emotions on trial is something that I really like because I can get down a rabbit hole and spiral, like I said, and it helps break up that cycle in my experience. If you can take one thing away from this episode, aside from these five things I've learned, I hope that it's that you can ask for help. If something seems really hard, or if you're just sick of feeling a certain way, or if you feel lost, even if things are going amazing for you, there are people out there to help you. There is always an answer. I'm always here if you just need to chat with someone. Hello, that is the whole point of having a podcast. I love to talk. I love to connect with you listening. And I want to build this community that it's a safe space for all of us here that we can connect with each other. So you're never lost. You're never stuck. There's always an answer. And even if you feel like things are amazing, I would love that for you. That is the whole point of I, why I have a podcast is to hopefully help every person listening feel amazing every single day. But check in with yourself. Don't forget to put yourself first. Don't forget to look after yourself. That is what really inspired me going to therapy too, is just because I wanted to be the best version of myself. And I saw this as an avenue to help me get there. If anyone gives you a bad time about talking about your mental health or helping getting help with your mental health, honestly, they're the ones that need therapy. Let me tell you, okay? As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you received so much value from this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share it with a friend, a family member that needs to listen, and be sure to comment your favorite takeaway from this episode on our most recent post. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.